kids get the popcorn out. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. Just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods of Kion. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flip! Oh! You flip too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? I mean, eventually. Grape. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a bonus edition of the IPC podcast. Um, Yeah, we had a pretty jam-packed episode last week. Uh, it was a fun one, if you haven't heard it already. Um, but we had a lot to talk about, and we there's even more to talk about, seemingly, all the time. Um, it also didn't help that I hadn't seen the thing in question that we wanted to talk about, really. So we figured, well, why not? We'll do just another episode, another bonus episode. We want to be freewheeling and uh, and flexible, and, well, why not? We had a little bit extra time, so let's do that right now, of course. Thor Love and Thunder just came out a few – about a week and a half ago maybe at this point as of recording, and – uh I had a lot of fun with it. I'm, I have a lot of thoughts on the movie, and I look forward to sharing those with you guys. But I am not alone tonight. Come calling in from I don't know where. Um, it is our good friend, 
Mr. Zach Arnold, how you doing? Dude, I'm I'm really good, and I'm I'm excited that we got to do another episode like this. Um, I had a lot of fun doing a, a specific episode surrounding Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and uh, I am actually calling in from outdoors tonight on the porch of my oh. fiance's apartment complex. Uh, I'm visiting her, and her family is over and such, but I was able to sneak away for a little bit to be able to be on this program. So if you hear a car driving by, or you hear a siren, or or somebody's talking as they go past. Um, yeah, it's just part of the ambience, and I'm I'm considering this like a quasi backyard watch, kind of kicking it old school tonight. And uh, I'm I'm excited to be doing it this way, and I'm excited to be talking about Thor, the very first MCU character to ever get four movies, and that's just I think that's a testament to how much people enjoy this franchise. And I think it's a testament to uh, Chris Hemsworth and ultimately um, the Thor character becoming as charismatic as he has. You know, if you take a look at the first movie and then, you know, who he is in this fourth movie, it's kind of night and day. And I'm, I'm really impressed with the character development and how much Chris Hemsworth has embraced the role. I mean, that's really what makes this part of the MCU so successful. Yeah, it is. It is crazy looking back, thinking back to, you know, 2011, you know, prior to the Avengers and even after the Avengers going like, ah, I remember thinking, ah, Thor is the least interesting Avenger to me. He is the (laughs) most boring Avenger to me. And he had like seemingly I think everyone kind of seemingly agreed that it was kind of one of the weakest standalone first movies for superhero. I think Iron Man was great. Captain America first Avenger was awesome. Um, Thor was just like, ah, I'm going to try to feel about this. Upon Upon further viewings, I've grown to really appreciate that movie. But it helps that you know, going further, and yeah, there was a little bump in the road with something called Thor: Dark, The Dark World. Um, but like since Ragnarok, they've really done a great job of rehabilitating that character to the point where he's the most interesting. I think he's one of the most interesting, most layered, and the funniest, and just all around one of the best and most interesting uh, Avengers characters. And it is amazing now that. He is the first character out of all the original Avengers to get a fourth film, a fourth Thor movie. People would have laughed at you after coming out of Thor the Dark World going like, they're going to make four Thor movies? (laughs) Seriously. Um, But here we are. And I thought it was great. Honestly, I I understand people had issues with this movie. I totally get it. And I have some issues of my own with this movie. But And I don't think it necessarily tops Ragnarok. But – I think ultimately, does it have to? Does it have to top Ragnarok? It goes back to our discussion about Dominion of like, does a sequel have to be as good or better than the original film or the predecessor? Right. I I, I don't think that's necessarily all the time the case. I think there's room to say, okay, yes, you know, I I would compare the original Jurassic Park to Thor Ragnarok in a sense that they're both movies that are brilliant, near perfect, and are kind of lightning in the bottle. It's something you it's hard to replicate again. And right. I think pre preceding movies after, you know, with all the Jurassic Park movies and with this movie, it's just kind of following up on that. And I think 
it's I feel I still feel like it's unfair to go like, oh, this wasn't as good as the last one. I'm like, well, what about this movie? Let's talk about this movie and how it on its merits. Yeah. Kind of like comparing it to other films. How is it on this movie? And I really I thought this one on its own was one of the strongest movies of Phase Four. Well, and what's interesting, and and I'm going to deliver a hot take here, and and Ooh. for 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 those of you that are regular listeners to IPC. Um, we're going to go ahead right now and give like a uh, TVMA type warning and be like, it's it, this this may have some rated R content. I forgot um, to say, this is kind of an episode of RIPC. Yeah, kinda, it's, a, it's a little bit. Kinda. We're so, going to give like an 18 plus warning because one of the biggest tropes in this movie, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Um, one of the biggest tropes in this movie is they say the word shit quite a lot. <laughs> and and that's not really a word that that we say on IPC very much, but maybe we'll say it on bonus episodes and RIPC episodes. Um, they, they they talk a lot about how there are certain people in your life that make you feel shitty, and it's better than feeling nothing at all. And that that's a really interesting concept, and it's one that is definitely worth exploring and one worth circling back to. But on the topic of cussing and this being a more R-rated episode. Um, I'm going to go a little step further than the S word and say Marvel has us fucking spoiled. <laughs> okay. For so long, we have been so fucking spoiled on the brilliance and execution of some of our favorite superhero characters that we just automatically assume that Civil War is going to be better than Winter Soldier because it's the next step. They're taking it a little bit further. There are a lot of people that prefer Winter Soldier over Civil War, I'll tell you. And there are a lot yeah. of people... There are a lot of people that prefer Infinity War to Endgame. So just because one movie immediately follow-ups another one doesn't mean that the one that came before it is bad, like you said. It just means that we're spoiled. Marvel cinema has spoiled us so much that we just have this expectation that everything, excuse me, is going to take it up a notch. Everything is going to be better than the last one. And like you said, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. We can just enjoy it for what it is, appreciate it for what it is, instead of trying to compare it to what it's not. And that's a, that's a very toxic approach that a lot of people on social media have started taking. And I'm not trying to address anyone in particular, but I, I do feel like there's, there's a lot of negativity saying, oh, it's not Ragnarok. Well, duh, it's not Ragnarok. It's love and thunder. <laughs> And, exactly. And and I, I will also echo you that I have some critiques of this movie, but it's not critiques of it saying it's not Infinity War. It's not critiques of it saying it's not Ragnarok. People who make that excuse up, they, they don't really have a reason to hate. They're just looking for a reason to hate. If anybody has listened right. to this show long enough, they know that when Ben and I critique something, it's because we have legitimate gripes with it. It's because we really think this idea probably could have been executed better. This idea probably wasn't the best. And it has nothing to do with looking at how this movie stacks up to other Avengers or how it stacks up to um, other installments of his own franchise. We're looking at it for what this movie is. And so that's what we're going to hope to do tonight. You you said you enjoyed it. I, I will say that I did enjoy it as well. But I have a feeling that the things one of us enjoyed may be things that the other one of us ended up annoyed by. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. There's there's some things that I, I in fact, to to be honest, 
I have a list of grievances to get this movie. Okay, like I a whole literally, list? like I have a written whole out? dang list. I don't take notes. Here's the thing with me in podcasting. I do. I've done a lot of podcasting over the years. I don't take notes. Okay, I never take notes. I just wing it, and sometimes it works for me. Sometimes my I have a brain for it, and it doesn't work for me, as you've okay. probably heard. But most of the time, I'm okay. But this one, the after I saw this movie, I walked out. I'm like, I have thoughts, and I just started writing them down. And I think I kind of went over one of them, basically saying, you know, it's not as good as Ragnarok. That's you know, and that's okay for me. I I'm not trying to. I don't think this movie needs to be better than Ragnarok. It would have been great if it was, but I'm tired of like comparing things. And Ragnarok is a whole nother is in a whole nother level to me. I think it's like I put out my MCU. Uh, ranking the other day and i think it's like number five for me for number five or six for me like it's up there in like my top five and that those movies are like top tier overall for me as some of my favorite movies ever so like that's all that but you know i did you know there was some things that bothered me you know does you know i i i think going in and okay, 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 of course, full spoilers here. Um, this is this isn't a huge spoiler, but I'll start off with this one. Basically, the involvement of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, was, I mean, it, we we see them a, in the trailer. That's not a huge spoiler. No, but it's the surprise is that they're not in it very much at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're you know, and I think that coming out of Endgame, the very end of Endgame, you have them. You know, they're in the ship, and it's as the us Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're off on an adventure. The setup of that was like, oh, this is great. They're going to be together. We're going to have a whole movie of Thor and the Guardians playing off each other because they were so good together in Infinity War. And this movie just like crushes that. <laughs> like, there's, like you get like yeah. 10, minutes, 10 minutes of like them together and it's great. But then there's nothing else and then you just disappear. And it felt like Marcus and McFeely, who I think wrote Endgame, were like, hey, here, Taika Waititi, take this thing. And and Taika Waititi's like, I don't care. I just shuffles them off like as quick as he can get them off screen. The Guardians were gone, and that was a little disappointing. And and it didn't help that like pretty much all the Guardian scenes are in the trailers, like all, almost all of them. So yeah. they're great, and I'm looking forward to watching it on replay and stuff like that. And, and you know, I haven't seen the Guardians in a while. I'd love to see that. Yeah. But uh, it was a bit was a bit of a dumb uh, a buzzkill. And then and then for the rest of the movie, Thor is talking about how he needs to defeat Gore by getting a team together, getting a team of superheroes together to fight the You just had a team, dude. What are you <laughs> and I know you just, they're going off to help you, other people and all this kind of stuff, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You were a part of the freaking Avengers, dude, and you're saying you need to assemble a team greater than them? Good fucking luck. You had the Guardians of the Galaxy at your back. People have have seen the galaxy like 10,000 times at this point. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I I wasn't too thrilled with that either because the stakes ended up feeling a lot smaller than they actually were. And he didn't actually succeed in getting a team put together. Like, the, the, the place that he went didn't bring in any recruits like he went away as empty-handed as he walked in with so like the idea of putting together a team didn't even work for him which was i guess that was meant to be funny but like it wasn't too funny like the scene that he's in where he's trying to recruit other gods that's pretty funny like the scene itself is funny but the fact that he doesn't recruit one person he's not able to get one person to join him that's like funny 
in a sad kind of way. Like right. this is a guy that has helped save the world, save the universe, save reality. And he has no influence in the realm of the gods, like at all. It's just, it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic that Russell Crowe did a pretty good job with, but it still confused me also a little bit. Um, one of the other things you were, you were mentioning with, um, with the guardians involvement, I think putting Thor together with the guardians was completely and, and totally a end game type of, of payoff. Like mm-hmm. it was really only meant for that. And I don't think either Taika Waititi or James Gunn were really, um, consulted on that decision. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. Because James Gunn recently came out, like we talked about yep. last week, that he was like, nah, they're not gonna they were never gonna be in the movie. You're like, well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah, his his statement was that Thor was never gonna be in Guardians Three. So Taika was like, I don't know what to do with these guys. And James is like, well Thor wasn't supposed to be in my movie either. So like they had to come up with some creative way for them to exit stage left so that James Gunn could go make his movie and Taika could tell the story that he wanted to tell. It was almost like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie was like a, a recap of some of the endgame type stuff to to bring you up to speed and then phase out one of the things people were looking forward to the most. It, it, it was like a like a giant storyline retcon, fix the mistake that others made type of deal. And uh, it was it was a little off putting. Right. I, I <clears throat> yeah, it's. It's a bit weird, and, like, I enjoyed the rest of the movie, and I, I really did, like, despite what I'm saying here, like, I think putting Thor where he was and, and having him kind of interface back with the normal Thor characters, including Jane Foster and bringing her back, I think they used her very, very well. Um, and, you know, although I could have – another little grievance, I think her, like, transition into Thor could have been – a little more fleshed out. I would have, you know, liked to have known, like, okay, what's actually going on there? You know, she says the the, the hammer called to her, but why? Why is all that? But it's not really explained. But like, I can live with that. Just the fact of like, there's they made her so so much more of a lovable character and like interesting character, and actually gave her something to do, which I think the Jane character I think was so often kind of like. They didn't really know how to treat her, and and she wasn't given a lot of good material. She was very much a damsel in distress in the first couple of movies, all science and no um, no abilities. And so to, to give her the abilities was a, was a really cool feature. And to to introduce the Lady Thor this way was also really, really cool. Um, d- I didn't hate any of that, really. Um, there was like one kind of a throwaway sequence during a, a flashback where Thor is looking at Jane lovingly in the flashback and he's like, I really love this woman type of deal. And then he like leans over to Mjolnir and is like, you need to take care of her for me, buddy or something like that. And apparently when he expressed that wish for Mjolnir's protection over Jane, it like imparted some of the, the powers of Thor onto her. Oh, I didn't even catch that, but you're right because the little thing glows on there. I think it's the same thing that glows when Odin talks to it and goes like – I believe so. Whoever holds his camera should possess the Thor's authority, throws it to Earth. That's the whole thing. Oh, that's good. Okay, I get that now. Yeah, that's good. It's it's very small and it's very innocuous, and and, and they they should have given it more attention because – 
if you're going to give Jane Foster powers and you're going to introduce a big storyline like this, I think it needs a little more attention than that. And so that that is one of my gripes is that the stuff that furthers the plot kind of ends up feeling secondary to some of the jokes that they're trying to tell. Whereas there are plenty of other movies. I'm not going to say Ragnarok specifically because there's plenty of MCU movies that are able to balance plot development and punchlines. But I feel like this movie may not have done that quite as well. And and here's here's my logic for that. A, the point that I just made about Mjolnir, and it's a very, very small scene. And B, I am very much on the fence about the whole screaming goat trope that this movie used. <laughs> okay, okay, so... Here's my opinion on this. Where, so, where do you where do you stand on ah! happening I, every five minutes? I I thought it was funny. I legitimately laughed at it. It helped that there was somebody else in my theater that thought it was the funniest thing on the planet that laughed every time. Um, so that was helped. So I it wasn't annoying to me, but I heard I heard something about it before I could saw the movie. I'm like, okay, screaming goats. That's funny. But it would have been funnier or more apt. Like it, it's a joke from like at least five years ago. Like that was hot on the internet like five, ten years ago. Now not so much. It feels uh, like it feels like Taika Waititi is like, oh, this is a thing that people think is funny. But like, no, you don't really get internet culture. <laughs> it's not as funny as it used to be. And see, maybe it was a bit overused. See, meme culture has a very short lifespan. Oh, extremely like, short. Like I would say within six months, not even like, like there, there are, some, are some memes that stay for around for like a week and then yeah. you never see them again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only ones that really had a whole lot of longevity were the SpongeBob memes back in like 2018, 2019. And prequel, but, me- prequel memes endure. Prequel memes do endure. Uh, everybody loves a good hello there. But other than that. There, there, there are some that only last a month. You, you remember when people would do like those um, year in recap, month to month meme calendars where you see like January was the SpongeBob meme, February was a lamp and March oh, yeah. was a goose or something like that. And you would go month to month looking at what um, what was the meme of the month, essentially. And Screaming Goats was probably a meme of the month back in like 2016, 2017. I think you're probably right on the money there. Yeah. And so the statute of limitations has long since expired on it. But for some people, they remember how funny that was and they still laughed at it. They still enjoyed it. Um, But for other people, it it just it wasn't it wasn't a relevant meme joke. It was just a meme joke. And it was all right. Like, I still laugh to this day at screaming goats to the tune of Jurassic Park. Have you ever seen Jurassic Goats on YouTube? (laughs) think i may have it's it's screaming goats with the with the john williams fanfare going on behind it and it's just and it's it's so funny because it takes the screaming goat trope and incorporates another franchise one of my favorite franchises i might add but it was it, it was a little jarring. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not trying to be a hater because I did chuckle at it. My fiance can attest that I did chuckle at it from time to time. But there were there were times like in the arena with Zeus where he's trying to call for help, call for reinforcements. 
And instead of, you know, uh, rippling water in a cup, you just heard ah! off in the distance. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to feel about that. So I guess I'm on the fence about that. But I, I will say one thing that I, I was not on the fence about that I thought was was really cool and and devastating to the uh, the mortality versus immortality of the gods was this concept of the necrosword. I'm sure that mm-hmm. that is something straight out of the comics. I just haven't read the comics. But to have something that is capable of killing a god, that just makes somebody an instant threat. And for Gore, who's got a reason to hate the gods as much as he does, um, he is definitely a character to be feared as long as he's in possession of that sword. Without the sword, he's not all that much. But... It's a really interesting parallel because without Mjolnir, we've seen that Thor isn't really all that much either. So it was it was a really interesting kind of comparison to see how one character with one weapon uh, on the dark side of things can be so similar to another character with a weapon on the light side of things. Right. I I did. I liked Gore a lot, I, I think. And I liked the the opening kind of like prelude and showing him you know, losing his daughter and coming up to that 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 god that's in the jungle and all this kind of stuff and him kind of being so like religious of just like he's he's all about the gods at first and then slowly losing his faith or quickly losing his faith actually because like he that god's as a dick, okay? <laughs> that oh, that yeah. guy was a dick. And oh, yeah. that whole thing of him things and him stabbing him and and getting that getting cursed and all this kind of stuff. It's great stuff. And I think I didn't I liked it opening on that because that wasn't in the trailers. I always love when they do that and giving us something we really weren't expecting. And I liked Gore a lot. My only complaint about Gore is that it just didn't get a whole lot of really good stuff with him. I felt like there was one scene, the one scene where they go to the black and white planet. I don't even know what it was called, but you know where they go color all drains away. Really right. cool, like like visuals like that whole scene like everyone like online i see people on twitter going like the cgi is stupid as like have you watched that scene like it's incredible it looks amazing and like that whole sequence is great and gore is i mean christian bale is just like at a like dialing it to 11 like he's he's incredible um but there's like one scene that's that's yeah, given a whole lot it's the first scene and that scene and everything else he's kind of like you know this is a short-ish movie um it's about two hours and you know he's kind of there and he's not there a whole lot um so i would have loved to have seen more of him that that's probably my only complaint i think he was a very strong villain i thought so too um I I liked Christian Bale's portrayal. Uh, I I love that we had another one of those moments where you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's um that's basically what happened with him because he was Batman, you know, like what 14 years ago, and now here he is per- portraying someone on the on the dark side of things, which is which is pretty cool. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes with him is when he's up in the cage with the kids and he's like, yeah. in, and he's like intimidating them. Um, there's not a whole lot of people, not even, I, I, I may be mistaken, but I don't think even the Joker ever stooped to tormenting kids. And so it, it was, it was interesting to see like the future 
of Asgard is basically what Thor tried to address them as. And um, to, to see them try and stand up to him was kind of inspiring, but also kind of um, letting people know that it's probably going to be pretty soon when Thor passes the baton, because um, you've got the Lady Thor now, and pretty much a lot of this phase has been about the next generation of sorts. I just finished um, Ms. Marvel yesterday, mm-hmm. and you've got the the Spider-Man franchise going on, and you've got Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye franchise. Like they are going younger, if you will, and oh, Axel, yeah. the the son of Heimdall, is like a continuation of that. It's a, it's a part of that, and I really think we're going to see more of Axel at some point. I think we're going to see more of even Valkyrie. Um, didn't get a whole lot of screen time, but made the most of the screen time that she had. Um, but I really feel like phase four is setting things up to be kind of like a next generation. Well, yeah. And also Thor's kind of got a daughter now, so we'll see how that goes, um, in regards to like him, her being, Maybe the next Thor. I don't know. I don't know what's what's gonna go on there. I don't know how that interfaces with the comics and whatever else that means. But like, you're 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 absolutely right. Like they're they're obviously like for everyone that's like, where's Phase Four going? I they're not setting anything up. Like, have you noticed a trend here? Like all yeah. all of the older heroes that are retiring are getting new younger proteges taking over their mantles. Sam Wilson, um, Hawkeye, you know, and even some newer heroes like Kamala Khan. Like, yep, th- they're all coming up. This is this th- you're you're watching the new Avengers. People don't understand that like you shouldn't be comparing like this to like Endgame. You should be comparing no. this. This is. This is 2008, 2009 MCU of we got a couple movies and things are kind of progressing on. There's something in the future. Maybe we'll get the Avengers in the future. Well, here we are. Um, we're, we're getting stuff. There's a slow buildup. Marvel knows they can't top Endgame. They can't top that. So they're just doing something different. And right. you know, maybe in the future they will attempt to top themselves. Right now they're doing the smart thing, which is just – fleshing out the universe and giving us all these different things and going here let's do moon knight over here and let's do hawkeye over here and you know maybe something does play into the overall plot maybe it doesn't that's okay and thor love and thunder like you know it could be a good swan song for thor but like hey this is he kind of went off in the sunset with his daughter he's going to train this kid um it also could be the start of something completely new which probably it is because this is the mcu you caught me with a mouthful of water. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, man. I rambled I, as much as I could. I'm sorry. No, no, no. And and I was trying to take advantage of that, but I'm multitasking and not very well, unfortunately, because there's a lot of summer blockbusters going on. And at the time that we're recording this, I'm also trying to make plans to go see Jordan Peele's Nope movie. Oh, yeah. So, I, saw, uh, I, saw the, I saw the trailer for that in front of this. And I'm like, I'm not a fan of horror movies, but uh, – that, that that looks pretty good. I like I like aliens and I I liked some of the stuff that I've seen of Jordan Peele before. So uh, I heard it's a, it's a very ambitious movie and so I'm, a, I'm great. It's getting great reviews from what I've heard. I think today I'm, it came out. I'm I'm curious. Um, so we enjoyed gore. We enjoyed Thor's adventuresome storyline. Um, we talked a little bit about 
the um, introduction of Lady Thor and how it felt a little rushed, but how did you feel about Natalie Portman as the Mighty Thor? I mean, she's never been better. Like, acting-wise, Natalie has never – she nailed it. She was great. I think she was – she was, I think – you know, she's I, I think she's just she's gotten better as an actress, like over the okay, especially since the last time she appeared in these movies. I'm not saying she was bad in the original Thor movie. I think she was great. She was obviously better than she was in Star Wars um, because she had better direction and better scripts. Um, but also she's just felt looser. I like that whole thing of. She's because I I was kind of taken aback by this because we get Darcy back. I love seeing uh, Darcy back in the thing, and you even get a, an appearance by by Stellan Skarsgård. So little little callbacks to the original movies, which I really appreciated. Yep. And then, but she's very upbeat. She's like very nonchalant, but always oh, stage four. That's the that's the highest stage that we know of. I'm like, wow, Taika Waititi and Natalie Portman, like you're really playing it like loose and goofy with cancer. The yeah. one of the most serious things that we know of in you know one of the most you know awful things in in the world right now and you know you're playing fast and loose with it but I understand what they're trying to do there is the fact that she's trusting in science she's like well I'm just gonna find a cure for this I you know I'm a scientist I can do anything I can do this and then she also gets the hammer and she feels that's going to fix her so she's even more kind of nonchalant about it but it comes back around to the end of being very serious and emotional and and maybe not as much maybe not as serious and emotional as i wanted it to be but i think it had enough of a touch there where ragnarok was that lightning in a bottle all the elements coming together of like yeah. you got humor, you got great music, obviously, you got some great acting, great action, but also a, a good bit of heart and a lot of layers to it. This movie didn't have as much of that, I don't think, but it did offer up some really good messaging of, you know, and even down to like, you know, a lot of messages that we've seen before in movies, which is like, you know, you can still make the right choice in the end. You don't have to, you, you know, you, you people get so wrapped up in vengeance and I have to do this one thing and it'll make everything right. No, no, you can make this different choice. I love Gore's story. And with Jane's story, it's like she's, she could, she knows she's kind of doomed in a way. And she knows there's real, there may not be any cure, but she could do one thing right in the end and, you know, sacrifice herself. I think that was great. Yeah, I, I the way the multiverse has been working in this phase and the way that they kind of like reintroduced the character and then kind of drastically took her away. I have my suspicions about whether she's actually gone because I mean, she's she's in Valhalla. I mean, they could just go to Valhalla anytime they want, I guess. I just I, I don't know, man. I think she's either going to get summoned from another universe or something's going to happen and she's going to get exiled. Like, I don't know. Something is. Something is going to happen because I, I think Natalie Portman's portrayal was too good to to be just a one-off thing. I think they need to have her back, but that that may just be wishful thinking on my part. I don't know. No, I think – I mean with the multiverse and with comic book movies in general based on comic books, like anything is possible. And we saw – we saw in Multiverse of Madness that you – no matter what happens, you can go just step over into a completely different universe, and we now have a character 
by the name of America Chavez who can do that. Yep. And you step over to another universe, everything's completely different. Characters that were dead are now alive. Other characters that are dead are, are, are alive that are not dead, and they're different or whatever else. There's a thousand million bajillion other Jane Fosters out there that you know, and and who knows, there could be a multiverse, multiversal journey slash adventure that Thor might go on in the future, and you know, you could see them pop up. And, you know, it, it all comes down to the real world problems which is you know do actors want to come back you know do they want to do this whatever else and i don't know you know who knows i think natalie portman probably signed on to this knowing that she was gonna die and she didn't have to do this anymore but time changes and people's minds change and i i think she seemed to really have fun with this and i think i think everyone would love to see her back in some form or fashion i think she was also maybe a little bit amused that her director tried to cast her in a franchise that she's already done three movies in. <laughs> oh, Taika, I hope he was joking. <laughs> I hope I, he was he's, he's like laughing it off as if he was, but I think he genuinely forgot that Natalie Portman was in those movies. Look, and I look, I get it. Uh, Taika, you know, he's, he's, he's an older guy. He probably wasn't as big of a fan. He probably watched them once and just completely forgot about him. And he's been busy. Okay. He's been winning, busy winning Oscars and doing all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to fault him for not remembering a certain person was in a certain set of movies. He had nothing to do with up until recently. I suppose I still find it amusing. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. It's really funny. And it's funny how how much uh, people have been pissed off about that, too. <laughs> That's amusing. Yeah, I know. Like I said at the top of the show, people are just kind of looking for reasons to get pissed off about things nowadays. So Yeah, it does something, seem that way. It, something, seems, it something seems like people just to... go online to be like, I want to get angry about something. <laughs> something that was supposed to be like really funny turned into something that got a whole subsection of the internet really pissed off. And I'm like, you're missing the point. But... I, I don't know. Maybe also, maybe, also, maybe I'm know, the one that's missing the point. Well, there's also a bunch of people that are mad at this movie because it was too funny. It was it was too funny. I'm like, I mean, it's a Marvel movie, guys. These things are practically comedies. Like, I get, you know, maybe the humor humor is completely subjective. And I was talking to our buddy Steven Schindler the other day, and we were talking yeah. about it. And, and a lot of the points that he brought up that he, like, doesn't like this movie. And he brought up a lot of good points. And I, I didn't disagree with anything he was saying. I just had a completely different point of view on the movie. And I think one of his right. was like, you know, it was too jokey and it was too it wasn't serious enough. It didn't it kind of like undercut some of the emotion with a lot of th a lot of jokes and whatever else. And I think, yeah, Ragnarok did that a bit. I I point to the elevator scene in Ragnarok when Loki and Thor had this really tender moment and they're talking and it's a really great moment of them trying to connect. And Thor's like, oh, you're you're just going to be you all this time and I'm just going to be on my path. And then they undercut that scene with, oh, let's do get help. Both of the scenes are are great, and right. get help is funny and classic, but it's also like, couldn't we have stayed with that emotion a little longer than undercutting it with a cheap joke? Right. Well, I I, I get that, and, and, and I get where Stephen's coming from, too, because eventually you get to a point where maybe you're piggybacking off of so much success from – the elements that Ragnarok produced. And I even heard in an interview with Taika Waititi that they didn't hold back any of the jokes. Literally every joke that was pitched in like the first draft stayed in the movie. 
like wow. they did they didn't take out tropes they didn't take out jokes they they just basically used everything that got suggested everything that got put together ended up getting put into this movie and i was like that's a lot of jokes and to a degree yeah i get where steven's coming from because i i don't know if i want a movie to become a parody of one of the other movies in the franchise right like 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 think for example um if empire strikes back was like 10 times as sarcastic and had an even bigger death star that they had to destroy <laughs> in in the in the immediate follow up oh like, you mean return of the jedi <laughs> Well, at least there was one movie separating the two of oh, them. Oh yeah, of of course, of course. But but what I'm getting at is like if they had done that as an immediate follow-up and and like followed on all of the things that were considered a success from the first movie, then it would kind of feel a little blown out of proportion and it would feel a little jarring. So, like I understand that perspective and I also understand that this movie is making a shit ton of money, you know, oh, yeah. like even with all the complaints that people are, are posing, um, this movie has still grossed half a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. And, and that's just in what, uh, 12 days. It, it released domestically July the 8th and we're recording this on July the 20th. So in 12 days, it's picked up 245, almost 246 million dollars domestically, which is about half of what it's made in total. And in total, according to Box Office Mojo, it's at almost 512 million dollars. And it has been number one every day since it released. So even with the gripes, even with the complaints, this is another movie that is making back its budget and then some because a lot of people like these things. Um, my friend Mondo, we know Mondo. He um, Mondo, he's been, Mondo who? He's, he's, been, he's been sending me updates from the theater. He was actually watching Thor tonight. Wow. And he, he's, been, he's been sending me stuff like it, around, around 8.40 p.m. He texts me because... He didn't recognize who some of the players were in like the dramatic reenactment, and and he writes me and he goes, "Is that, is that Sam fucking Neil?" <laughs> I love that. That was, was so good. I was like, "Yes." And then he wrote me just a little while ago and said, "The Thor will return made me happy. I figured this one will be his final one." Um, I don't know if he's gonna get another independent Thor film, but he'll probably show up in somebody else's movie or show up in an Avengers movie. But I haven't sent him that text yet. And at the very at the very end, he goes, "Them goats, man! I'm telling you, I laughed so hard at those." And see, they work. They work for some people, man. They really do. They do. They just probably didn't work as well for me. But that doesn't mean that what they did was bad. And I feel like people still need to be reminded of that. Um, who was your, your favorite character? Who wins like the, the MVP character award in, uh, in, in love and thunder? Oh yeah. That's a good question. Um, I thought Korg was great. Like I love, I love seeing more, more of him and uh, he got a lot of good, good stuff. Probably, you know, some even more, um, material in this one that I, I think was great. Um, and I, legitimately like was gasping 
when he got cut down in the thing. He's like, oh, no, you can't kill Cork. No. And uh, I, I love this, the whole I mean, I guess you could you could say it was it was undercutting something emotional with a joke again. But I, it worked for me. Um, um, but, you know, I, I liked it. And the fact that he spent the rest of the movie as a face. I'm like, OK, I, I could deal with this. This is funny. And he, he grew back. So he's fine. He he grew back with a boyfriend named Dwayne. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah. Dwayne the Rock. Oh man. I love how they confirmed that that was actually the uh oh, the, yeah. the thing. It so has to like, be. Had to had to had to have been intentional. Fun fact, I'm actually gonna be attending an event hosted by The Rock this weekend. Really? Yep. He and uh, one of his business partners bought a professional football league about a year ago. And they are coming to my hometown to do like a like a big press event. And I was a season ticket holder of that league before it collapsed back in 2020. And they invited former season ticket holders to be in attendance at the event. So I'm going to be in the same room as slash going to try to meet The Rock in a few days time. That's amazing. Yeah. Quick, quick little, quick little sidebar, little hum brag I mean, about. Anytime you're gonna hang out with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I think it's uh, a brag is 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 important. I is, mean, is I'll be in this, I'll be in the same room as him, but I guess people who went to some of his wrestling matches were technically in the same room as him, also. So, I, no, I no, no, know. you're hanging out with. Don't, don't get on technicalities here, okay? You're going to hang out. <laughs> Tell all your friends I'm gonna hang out with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm gonna go hang out with the Rock. Yeah, totally. I'm in the same room with him, but you, you know what I mean. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slip him a resume see if he wants me to work for his football league i don't know <laughs> exactly but but i mean I, I'll, I'll keep dreaming for the next couple of days anyways um for me it's a toss-up between either christian bale or natalie portman i really enjoyed gore i i think outside i think he's the second most impressive thor villain um but it, it's it's very very tight um but if if he had been in any other mcu installment that wasn't Thor, that wasn't already stacked with great characters. Um, he probably would have been like easily my favorite character and easily my favorite villain from, you know, any other trilogy, any other franchise. Um, he did, he did a really good job with what he had and he, he impressed me. Um, so that's not to knock on what Natalie Portman was able to do as Jane. I think, like you said, her character was far and away improved compared to, to previous iterations of her character. Um, but I don't know, man. There was just something about Christian Bale that kind of jumped off the screen at me a lot of times. And like like you said, I wish he had gotten more of those jumping off the screen times, but I feel like he, he did a pretty good job with what they gave him. He, With the limited amount of screen time he got, he chewed some scenery and... I even like the visuals of him, just all this all white ghostly figure and he's got these black marks on his face and yeah, it's just he the design was really cool and the way he acts, you know, very different from anything he's ever done. And, and Christian Bale does not get enough credit. Like one of the one of the best actors like working today. Like for like full stop. Um and he shines in this. Um and again, I hope he's not I know he's probably dead, but I hope they find a way to bring him back. That would be really cool because, again, would love to see him, you know, like wreaking out. I'd love to see like a what if episode of like what if he killed all the gods? Like what if he took over the universe? Like that would be cool. 
Yeah, that that would be cool to see. I think I think seeing him in What If would be probably the best option because I'm actually really in favor of his redemption arc. You know, choosing I like to, that too. Choosing to bring back his daughter rather than choosing to kill all the gods is a really interesting way to close out this story. And I I appreciated that they didn't take a pretty tropey route where the villain, you know, achieves his goal, has his victory and has his moment. Like they they chose to get a little deeper when it mattered most. And again, it may have been a little rushed, but this whole movie was a little rushed. It's it's like one of the first MCU movies to go under two hours. And so, um, yeah, there were some things that were they, that, that felt rushed. But overall, um, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. It was it was a fun ride, it, albeit a little short one. But overall, um, in in spite of some of the complaints I may have about it. I think it's still a pretty solid. Uh, I'll give it like a seven or a seven point five. Like 7. it's 5. it's not it's not a blow me away amazing top tier type of Marvel movie, but it was a fun romp, and it and it was enjoyable, and I I like what they finished the movie with. I like what it's possibly setting up towards, um, but I'm also starting to gear myself up for other stuff already. Like I saw it once, probably not going to see it again until it's on Disney plus. Um, there's a lot of Marvel happening right now. There's a lot of TV happening right now. House of the dragon comes out next month. There's a new Lord of the Rings show coming out in September. Right. We're getting the black Panther movie this fall. We're getting the Andor show this fall. We're getting the bad batch in about two months. Like there's a lot of media to consume and I'm I'm worried that this one may not crack the top 10, but if it does crack the top 10 for 2022, it will not be top five. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I get you like this one. Like, I think I think I will match you on the 7.5. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I think it's definitely on the higher end. If you if you see my uh, if you see my uh, official official Marvel Cinematic Universe ranking that I did with Letterboxd, um, that I posted on my social medias. I saw um, it. Know. It's still on page two, dude. It's it's 17 out of 35. It's like right down the middle. Yeah, it's it's way up there. So and like the no, top, dude, like you're not you're not listening to me. <laughs> What? There's only 35 pieces, and yours is number 17. Double 17 is 34. So, like, that is smack dab in the middle. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. And see, but, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, the top, like, 90 <laughs> – the top, like, 90% of that list, like, I still like a lot. Like, you know, there's – like, there's very few Marvel movies. There's only, like, the top – the bottom, like, five or, like – Eh, I could deal without this one. Fair. Um, That's fair. But you know, so but I really did like Thor with Thunder. It's it's in the it's in the neighborhood of of, of Hawkeye and Shang Chi and Hawkeye, which are all things I really really like. And so, but you know, it's not a movie that as soon as it drops on Disney Plus, I'm gonna be get rushing to watch it again. Um, yeah. If given given the time, um, I absolutely want to watch it. Just like uh, you know, I'm gonna watch Re- Eternals again. One point, I'm gonna rewatch. Uh, I want to rewatch uh, what's the most recent one? Um, multiverse. Not, yeah, multiverse of because that just came out, and I really do want to watch that one again. And so, and those are all, those are both movies that like I wasn't like overjoyed with them, but I, I I enjoyed them for what they were, and I'm looking forward to enjoying them again one of these days. But it's not, you know, it didn't top anything. It's it's better than Dark World. 
I'm not sure oh, how I'd yeah. rank it with the. I'm not sure I'd rank it with the original Thor. It's not better than than Ragnarok to me. Um, still Ragnarok is the is oh, no, on yeah. is on probably in my top ten like top ten movies I'd never say no to. Like that's Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, you've got it ahead of the original Thor. So Love and Thunder's at 17. The original Thor's at 24. So. Oh. All right, it's that makes it's sense. your it's your second highest Thor movie, which I think is appropriate. Right. Um, and it's your seventeenth out of thirty-five pieces of the MCU. So and Thor Ragnarok is number five on my list. <laughs> and Thor Ragnarok tells, is 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 yes, top tells five. You something. Tells yep. you tells you something right there. But Love and Thunder, I mean, it's an enjoyable movie. It's it's a really fun movie. I think if you like the character and you're in in with the MCU, I think definitely go go out and see it. If for some reason you're still listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, um, definitely go see it because I think it's very much worth theater experience. Um, and I had some other things. I can't remember what I was gonna say, but basically, I like what you were saying about uh what, what Gore earlier and and his choices near the end. And I like I like Thor's choices near the end. That he is like, okay, dude, you've won. Like. I I know what's actually important. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over here and spend time with the one I love. And you do what you want. So and giving giving Gore the the, the you know the chance to um do what he wants and he still makes the right choice is great. Yeah, and like I said, the, that type of character arc, that type of of development, um is is definitely something that's different in the MCU. Um, like. Loki has had plenty of opportunities to turn and he chooses not to. Um, Thanos had plenty of opportunities to do the right thing and he chose not to. He believed he was justified in his quest. And for a long time, Gore probably felt the same way. But uh, in the end, he chose love. He chose his daughter. And that was that was a really cool decision that I'm sure a lot of other parents would also make if they were in his position. So that like one decision suddenly makes him a bit more relatable again, which is a pretty cool move. Um, I think my next time that I see it will be if I do a Thor binge. Once it ends up on Disney Plus, all four Thor movies will be available there, and I think I want to find a way to just watch the Thor movies back to back to back to back sometime and yeah. see how see how they stack up outside of the MCU. See how they stack up as their own franchise. Like, how do the first two feel in tone compared to the other two? I think that's going to be my next venture, but. Don't know if I'm going to have the time to do that tonight, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I think we're about to wrap this thing up. I think we've said I got, went through all my notes, so uh, I'm officially out of ideas. So uh, it's 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 good. It's been good. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. The movie was a lot of fun. Um, definitely uh, keep keep an eye on your feeds, guys, because uh, who knows what could pop up. We're going to do, be doing more things like this when we don't have time to like do full-on movie discussions. We might resort to doing more uh, bonus episodes like this. So definitely, definitely keep an eye out. And uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun, Zach. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Dude, I, I know it was tough trying to get our schedules to align, but I'm glad that they did because this was definitely a discussion worth having. Um, still very relevant even after a couple of weeks, and hopefully these thoughts helped give a little bit of clarity and insight. The last thing I'll say on this movie is I really, really like how Zeus sent Hercules to go after Thor. That's going to be interesting. I think that will be a very interesting plot point moving forward, and I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing how that plays out. But it's not going to be happening anytime soon. There's a lot of other Marvel stuff and a lot of other 
movies and television on the horizon. So like Ben said, we may have some more bonus episodes in the works for you. We may have some extra content that just comes up sporadically. It could be Ben and myself. It could be um, myself and my fiance Edna. I, I've heard rumors that uh, a certain mutual friend of ours may try to help us do the occasional pop-up episodes. So Ooh. there's still plenty more IPC content uh, to be found or to uh, to be determined. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this bonus episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Be sure to go find us on all our socials at IPC Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, follow our personal socials. I'm at Zach the Voice on pretty much all platforms, Z-A-C-H the Voice. And Ben, you've got a lot of things that you're juggling right now. I'm glad you were able to make it. But when you're not doing this, where do the folks find you? Well, if for some reason you want to hear more of what's coming out of my mouth, you can follow me at Ben Hart with no E on all the socials. Socials. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you can follow uh, at the Star Wars Underworld at at the Star Wars Underworld. No, don't follow that. At the SWU is the appropriate one for that. And then at Culture Slate. Yeah, that's all my that's all my work stuff and all my everything. So yeah, check those out. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to whenever we do get back. I think our next big discussion will be on the TV series Camp Cretaceous. And who knows how many people will be joining us for that, because previous episodes of Camp Cretaceous have had as many as like six or seven voices on it before. So (laughs) that'll be that'll be really interesting to manage. And we'll get all of that squared away before our next episode. But I think that's going to do it for this bonus episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. But until then, good night, everyone.